The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management, or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Well, greetings, listeners in listener land. This is Arnold Stricker. Mark Langston is on assignment in sunny Florida. He is soaking up the rays, and uh, hopefully he will bring back some sunshine and some warmer weather to us. But you're listening to In Tune, and In Tune's a two-hour weekly broadcast which focuses and reflects on issues that impact and connects our community and the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, and justice. In studio today, we have uh, Tony Parisi, and Tony is, you know, I read his bio, and I was like, we are in the presence of theater greatness and dancing greatness. He appeared in the first national tour of A Chorus Line. He began performing theatrically at the age of 10 in a production of Oliver with, for those of you who are as old as we are, Sid Caesar. You know, that's a really big deal. So he was on Broadway in 42nd Street, Me and My Girl, A City of Angels. He has directed or choreographed Hello, Dolly, starring Madeline Kahn, Where's Charlie, starring Joe Sullivan and Emily Lesser. Name, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, The Music Man, one of my favorite musicals, Crazy for You, Dames at Sea, South Pacific, Oliver, goes on and on and on. He's also done some off-Broadway. He's worked internationally, worked for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day celebration, the 100th anniversary, and the, and the parade. And he has co-authored and directed Sophie, the Red Hot Mama uh, Revisical? Revusical. Revusical. He's also writer and director for the St. Louis Teen Talent Competition and the St. Louis High School Musical Theater Awards. Welcome to In Tune, Tony. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. We uh, we had you on because there's a a big event coming. It's opening night, and it takes place in August, August 3 through 7, which kind of puts it away from the um, coronavirus situation, and you're still planning on having absolutely this. so tell us a little bit about what this entails this opening night because it's very fascinating well the the program is called next stop broadway okay so it's a theater intensive five days for theater loving kids 10 to 18 no experience necessary the only thing the only requirement is enthusiasm for musical theater um, and we touch on just about everything you've said already uh, across the spectrum of humanity you know we touch on working together toward a common goal Mm -hmm. which is opening night Mm -hmm. so if you're part of next stop broadway you become part of an ensemble i spent my entire broadway career in the ensemble and it's it's was wonderful i mean i I love being there because you create your own characters um you have tons of costume changes and you know you can be all these people and create your own worlds um and it's the backbone of any broadway show is the ensemble you know maybe unsung heroes i don't know if you've noticed the Mm -hmm. ensemble when you go to the fox Mm -hmm. but um they're there right and without them the show would be really empty that's correct there's a lot of people that go into making a production uh take place just besides the people on stage right and from the ensemble you get your uh understudies so you know sometimes you'll see one of the ensemble people in the leads if if someone's out sick or anything but our, our program is centered around the ensemble. We take 100 theater-loving kids, and 
we put them together to do a spectacular opening night on the Friday. But the 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 program is only Monday through Friday. And what are, what's the time frame of that there, like 8 to 5 or something 9 like that? 9 a.m. We start warm-up every day at 9 a.m. Okay. And we release uh, the cast members at 5 p.m. every day. Okay. Very good. And so go through a little bit about what specifically they would be doing each day. Well, each day is, you know, there's process and there's product. So mm-hmm. we have the product, which is our show on, on Friday, the, the opening, opening night. night, right? But we get the process every day. We rehearse. There are um, vocal rehearsals, dance rehearsals, acting rehearsals. We go through um, a read-through of the script. We then do the blocking. So it's a condensed uh, Broadway rehearsal period. Just sort of, it's it's an authentic Broadway experience for mm-hmm. these kids, and it's full on. It's it's amazing. I've done it in other cities, and it's been it's taken me a very long time to finally get it to my hometown here. So I'm very excited to offer this to St. Louis kids. Um, and as I say, it it is not required that you have a formal training at all. Uh, the we, I. I'm not alone in this. I have uh, 10, a staff of 10 Broadway professionals that I'm bringing from New York to St. Louis to conduct this with me. So this is going to be held down at the Fox? It is through the Fox Performing Arts Charity Foundation. And uh, our website has everything you need to know about how to register and and where it's going to take place and all of those things. So that's www.foxpacf.org. Correct. And you can find information about program fees. There are scholarships available there, too. Um, you know, I, as, as I you know, look at this, it's a, you know, again, performers age 10 to 18, all skill levels. So like, like you said, you don't have to have this you don't have to be the perfect singer or the perfect dancer or, you know, an orator who can come in and just going to nail it. You know, you just have to love right. Broadway. And, and we'll give you this experience, and we, we designed the program for success. So, you know, there's, we, we see who the kids are, you know, mm-hmm. we, and we direct and choreograph to their skill sets. Um, it's, it's amazing, and you, you you won't understand it until you've been there and you see it, because um, it's a ball of energy. And the beginning of the week on Monday, we see a lot of kids who are maybe shy and afraid or, you know, tentative. And by Friday, they are all just... Broadway stars, and it's it's magical, and, and it's a wonderful experience. And this is the first time this has happened? Here in St. Louis. Right. It will be. And you've yes. been in other cities. Which other cities have you been in? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, okay. which has the Providence Performing Arts Center that's much like the Fox mm-hmm. uh, in scope. And last year, we did our first year in Durham, North Carolina. Wow. So um, there's a beautiful theater, brand new theater there that we did it in, and we sold out there in two weeks. Wow. It was just gone. Uh, and this this year, because it's returning there, we sold out in about 90 minutes. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we have a great return rate. Now, I, I know the answer to this from my perspective, but why is this important? And, and then why is it important for this area? Well, um, it is 
definitely a fact that kids who have an arts education do better in school mm-hmm. for correct. many, many reasons. Um, because it's in, based in the ensemble, you know, we get kids supporting each other, working together toward a common goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's amazing to see the support. We we do too many Broadway classic Broadway shows, so the younger kids do a show and the older kids do a show that we put together with an opening number and things. So it's a it's a jam packed afternoon on Friday, but when when you see the little kids watch the older kids show, it's and they cheer for each other. It's just That's amazing. Neat. That's neat. Now yeah. you're you're no stranger to to uh, doing this. Uh, you've done this your entire life, starting at age ten, right? And uh, you know, take us back. When did this bug hit you to that you were like really enthused by this? Was it dance? Was it singing? What it was, was dance. It, it was dance. Okay. I was enrolled in uh, dancing school when I was seven. Okay, and. Uh, Two years later, it was clear to everybody and myself that I took to it, and I was kind of a natural at it. And then uh, when I was 10, I auditioned for the Children's Chorus of the Muni, which is back then very different than the Muni kids. Had nothing to do with that. Uh, Out of hundreds of kids, only 20 were selected and we actually got a stipend and got paid. I wow. have some pay stubs from back then <laughs> that I still have. I mean, I don't know. It was like maybe $50 a week or something. Still back then that's pretty, um, pretty good money. But we felt very special. Uh, the kids and there are many kids that I still um, are in touch with like Ron Gibbs, who's over at Webster now right. was in the children's chorus with me. Wow. Yeah. So I was in the children's chorus for three years, so 10, 11, and 12. And wow. then when you get to be 13, 14, that's when that, mm-hmm. you know, you're no longer a child, right, right? Right, But we were in many productions at the Muni for those three years. And it kind of informed my whole life. I mean, I, I worked with huge stars, and I, and I worked in a professional environment. And because we were getting paid, you know, we were expected to be professional. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I did my first professional show when I was 10 years old, because it's, it's absolutely true. Right, right, right. So you uh, were working through uh, your kind of perfecting your, your dance, your, your ability, and honing your skills as you're uh, going through high school, which you know, we, I, he's from St. Louis folks, by the way. And so I said, I won't ask you the question, but he said. Southwest. And, and there we go. <laughs> and so you, you get to high school and you're, you're, did you perform at, uh, at Southwest? I did. Um, Southwest had a great musical program and we did huge musicals. Um, Lee Meyer was our music teacher and she was kind of famous mm-hmm. in that time here. And she taught tons and tons of generations of of kids um but we did four big musicals one a year and i actually choreographed all four wow and i was in them all as well wow. so like we did brigadoon i was harry beaton you know we did mame i was ito okay. In <laughs> okay so how do you get from southwest high and then you end up being on broadway in 42nd Street in, in the National Tour of a Chorus Line. Give us that linkage there. How, how does that occur? Well, it, it's, it's a kind of a long story. I'm going to try to get to the 
the the points that make sense. Um, when a chorus line was here in St. Louis at either Keel, it was either Keel Auditorium mm-hmm. at the time or the American, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, they had held an audition, and I think I was sixteen at the time or something like that. And um, they said, you know, your your ballet is great. Uh, work on your jazz dancing, and if you ever get to New York, call us. <laughs> kind of, that was the sort of right. thing. The gist of it. The gist of it. So anyway, um, is as it turned out, a couple of years later, the New York City Ballet was coming through with a tour for an audition to audition for the School of American Ballet okay. in New York City. Okay. And they offered me a complete, full scholarship holy smoke to new york city ballet and this is when uh balanchine george balanchine was still alive i took class wow from george balanchine in the same class as barishnikov and peter martins they were in my men's class but i hated it i absolutely hated that world uh it was joyless Uh it was cutthroat i mean all the books that you've read about the ballet world or right. that's all true. true. Wow. Um, and I, I improved greatly, but it, it wasn't joyful. Yeah. And so I developed a psychosomatic knee injury mm. and the ballet people said, go back to St. Louis and heal. And when you're ready to come back, we'll have you back. And they wrote me a check for $345 to, to get myself back to St. Wow. Louis. So I opened a bank account at Citibank with the $345, and I got out the yellow pages, which I'm not sure if anybody knows what the yellow pages were. <laughs> yeah. And I looked up the Schubert Theater <laughs> in New York, because I didn't even know where the Schubert Theater was. And I just randomly called the Schubert Theater, where Chorus Line was playing, and uh, I said... You know, I I auditioned in St. Louis, and they said to call when I got to New York, and now I'm in New York. And whoever it was said, well, actually, there's going to be an audition next Thursday here in New York. Why don't you come? So I went to that audition, and uh, and they hired me. And two weeks later, I was on the national tour of A Chorus Line, and my knee was magically healed. Wow. That's yeah. a crazy, incredible story. <laughs> people, people don't believe those things happen like that. Yeah, but they do. So I was with I was with a chorus line for a full year, and we toured all over uh, the country. And I said, you know what? I love this, but I didn't go to New York to be on the road. Right. So I quit, and everybody thought I was insane. They just thought I was nuts. Why would you quit? Yeah, you like could, this is the best gig. You could have this gig for the next 20 years if yeah, you wanted. Yeah. Um, but I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to New York. I went back to New York. There was the audition for 42nd Street. Uh, Gower Champion was making his return to Broadway. I went to the audition and got it. And three months later, I was in rehearsals for the original 42nd Street on Broadway. Wow. Yeah. An original cast member, folks, that that's a rarity. You can see me on the album if anybody has their old uh, vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> vinyl, what's that? What's that? You have to go to some oh, of the Oh, it's Euclid very records. popular now. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were talking to Tony Parisi. He is a dancer, a theatrical uh performer, 
and uh, began at the age of 10 and appeared in the first national tour of a chorus line. And as he just mentioned, was in Broadway on 42nd Street. He is also a director and choreographer, and we're going to get into that. But he's here to talk about Next Stop Broadway and that particular group of 100 kids that will meet in August. Matter of fact, they will meet August 3 through 7 of this, this year. And if you're interested in that, folks, you can go to www.foxpacf.org. That's foxpacf.org, and you can get information there about the fees and how you can sign up, et cetera, like that. So, you know, I, I guess, Tony, one of my interesting questions I've had when I when I was reading about you was everybody has some kind of story that really stands out to them or working with some actor that uh, has has had an impact. And I read some things about when, when you choreographed Hello, Dolly, and some of the interactions with um, Madeline Kahn that some people had had with her. And, you know, you weren't quite sure about that. And I'm not trying to steer you in this direction. But what um, what stands out over the course of your career in working with a wide variety of people um, stories that, wow, yeah, I remember that, and they did this, and we had this kind of connection, or they, they, were, they were so genuinely nice. What, what stands out to you over your career? Well, I, I loved Madeline Kahn. We became really good buddies. Um, in fact, I was supposed to just choreograph it and then leave, and Madeline insisted that I come on the tour just as kind of the her coach. <laughs> and... Um, it was wonderful because Hello, Dolly! is one of those shows that if your name is above the title, the audience is coming expecting to see Madeline Kahn. Right. And I was able to make her understand that she was a consummate actor. So she wanted to play Dolly Levi. And I said, Madeline, they're here to see you. You know, so she managed to get in... Um, a desk, can, a, 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 an obligato uh-huh. of Ah Sweet Mystery of Life over the Hello Dolly reprise, <laughs> which was, you know, just wonderful. If, if you know Young Frankenstein. She, she was being Madeline. She was being Madeline. And um, after that tour, she got the Tony Award for Sisters Rosenzweig wow. on Broadway. And she said to me, if it wasn't for that Hello Dolly summer tour, I would never have been able to to get that Tony Award. Wow. Because it gave her permission to be Madeline Kahn in a role. Hmm. And that's something that, you know, in the old days, Ethel Merman, you know, all Bert Lahr, they all came from vaudeville. Right. So when they did roles on Broadway, they were actually their own personas, their mm-hmm. personalities, their, you know, they were doing their act right. in the show. Uh, it's gone so far from that now. But, that was a that was a great story, and uh, I have a story about Dolores Gray and Forty Second Street. Dolores Gray was a fifties glamorous movie actor, actress, whatever. The right, political correct, correct, term right. Is. And she used to, I'll, I'll I'll wrap this up, but she used to do all of the dances as Dorothy Brock in the wings that we when we would be in, on stage. Dolores Gray would be in the wings, sort of dancing along with us. Wow! And one day. I said, Miss Gray, because that's how you spoke to people then. Uh, I see that you do all the dances with us. I said, oh, did you get your start in the chorus? And she looked at me and she said, heavens, no. 
And I thought I had insulted her. And she said, I was never good enough to be in the chorus. (laughs) (laughs) You thought you were going to get hammered. Yeah. (laughs) So back to the chorus and back to the ensemble again. And that's, uh, you know, that's my passion, my love. Well, I want to talk to you after our break about uh, choreography and what it takes to choreograph a show, how you block things, what you think about, what kind of movement you draw upon, uh, how whether you draw upon movement that's based upon the music or what's going on in the action or things like that. These are, you know, I'm not a, a dancer; I'm a musician, so mm-hmm. I kind of look at it from a different viewpoint. But we've got people out there, maybe who are dancers or who are artists or maybe just they don't do any of that and they're just kind of curious about that so i have absolutely kind of interested in about that so uh, we're talking to tony parisi he's going to be heading up next stop broadway which is going to be occurring in august 3 through 7 and that is for young performers of age 10 through 18 of all skill levels they're invited to register for this uh, week-long performing arts program which is taught by a variety of broadway professionals and it culminates in an opening night performance for family and friends followed by i love this followed by a cast party absolutely (laughs) (laughs) that that's great that's great and so you can get more information about that go to foxpacf.org foxpacf.org and those uh registration and program fees etc like i said or you can uh, call MetroTix. Metro is that Tix, correct? Yes. 314-534-1111. So Tony's uh, resume uh, is extremely, it's huge. And every, everything I read here, I was like, okay, I've seen that. I've seen that. I may not have seen it on Broadway, but I've seen it either on the big screen or I've seen it on a uh, kind of a television kind of deal. And we want to delve into some more things with you coming up after the break. This is Arnold Stricker of Intune. You're listening to KWRH 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Hey, we're amped up here. Welcome back to Intune. This is Arnold Stricker. Mark Langston is on assignment in Florida watching the Cardinals. Of course, they're not playing any longer because that season has been canceled or postponed. And so who knows when opening day is going to be. It might be the day before the World Series. You know, we we never know when that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're winning. <laughs> yeah, we may we may have the undefeated record at that time. So uh, we're talking to Tony Parisi. He's from Next Stop Broadway, which is a a wonderful kind of program that's going to be happening August three through seventh of this summer. And it's for young performers of age 10 through 18 of all skill levels. They're invited to participate in this week-long classes, workshops, and rehearsals focused on classic Broadway shows. And the staff of Broadway Professionals is going to teach some songs and some choreography and from the golden age of Broadway. So that'll be – what's the golden age of Broadway, Tony? What do you consider it? Well, I believe that 42nd Street was the last – great golden age musical and mm-hmm. i was fully a part of it mm-hmm. um you know we're talking guys and dolls right and fiddler on the roof and you know we're talking the 40s 50s 60s maybe right, right. i mean 42nd street was 1980 but david merrick was the sole producer mm-hmm. and he was certainly of the golden age right. of broadway he produced the first hello dolly right and Gower Champion directed and choreographed Hello, Dolly, originally with Carol Channing. So I feel like I was in on the very last 
of the golden age of Broadway, and it's it, I love the golden age musicals. Um, I feel like I want to keep them alive, and mm-hmm. I want to keep the kids knowing where Hamilton came from. Mm-hmm. You know, because Lin Manuel talks about that. He says, you know, he did uh, Albert in his high school production of Bye Bye Birdie, and. He studied the golden age of Broadway, and everything in Hamilton correlates to how a Broadway show was crafted in the golden age. Interesting. Absolutely. So emulating the style and kind of the format. This is like, this is my Billy Bigelow, you know, Mm -hmm. soliloquy. Mm -hmm. And, um, And he talks about that. But kids... Kids don't know the the source material or the reference, right. and I think it's really important for moving forward to know what your history is. So when I introduce these kids to the golden age of Broadway, they're hearing it for the first time, thinking it's the coolest thing they ever heard. Wow. You know, <clears throat> I think you're like, oh, yeah, the music man. We know the music man. Right. But the kids don't. They know the modern things, Dear Evan Hansen and and things like that, um, which has a whole different tone. It's a whole different feel. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I I love the romance of the golden age. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the tunes. Right. There's an an old jazz tune called I Like to Recognize the Tune. (laughs) (laughs) Mel Torme sings Uh (laughs) I'm with him. I like to recognize the tune. That's true. That's true. You know? Yeah, Music Man, one of my favorites. I remember watching Robert Preston and Shirley Jones do the right, movie. Right, And matter of fact, my parents had bought the record. So, you know, I think I have still have all that in my memory banks yeah. about uh, all that. And I was looking on break and noticed that uh, Six Flag was suspending their uh, – uh, they're not even started yet, but they're suspending something out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had talked about the performances out there, and you said... Well, I was one of them for a summer. The summer that I was 17 years old. Uh, we did a show called Sing Sation 77. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a wonderful, wonderful show. It actually sort of made me have to sing you know uh it was it was still an ensemble show but we each had our turn at front and center Mm -hmm. you know uh and we did shows we did songs from broadway and popular songs we had a lot of groupies and fans that came over and over and over oh yeah 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 because that's when you you could buy that ticket and it wasn't uh wasn't too far you know i know uh, some of my high school friends would uh, and if they're listening they would hop a freight train to get out there and then hop a freight train back into St. Louis right. for their transportation, but would spend all day out there. Yeah, well, we did five shows a day, five days a week, and the sixth day we did 10 shows a day. Oh, my gosh. And then the seventh day we rested. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> it collapsed. So, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it also taught me that. You know that the the stamina, pacing, mm-hmm. and stamina, pacing, yeah. stamina, keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, because on the fourth and fifth show of the day, if you started out tired, you still had to give the same performance the fourth and fifth time of the day that you did the first time. So that brings me to an interesting question: that in that kind of situation, 
or when you've done a chorus line for so long, how do you, you know, obviously you're trying to, people out there are going to be seeing this for the first time, so they don't want to see, you know, my second best. They want to see my best. But how do you, it, it is a, an energy and a psychological, you have to kind of pump yourself up to get out there and go, you know, the, the sixth time that you've done it? Or Yeah, well. How do you, you know, do it? Um, well, I, I, first of all, I love it. So, you know, there's a, there's a passion right. that, that happens going back to classic. Now, chorus line didn't have a, an overture, but the overture, you know, listening to it is so exciting, mm-hmm. you know, in, in other shows, right. like 42nd street has a great overture, <laughs> you know, my, the city of angels that I did on Broadway had the greatest overture. There wasn't a dance step in the entire show, but I would dance the overture every <laughs> every night that I went on. Um, there's just nothing like live performance mm-hmm. and, and what's going to happen tonight. I mean, not only is it new for the audience, but the audience's response makes you have to do things in a different way or, ooh, they didn't get that joke or, ooh. Right. It, you know, so it is a... It, it's a two-way street, you know, and um, and I, that's what's great about live performance is you get out there to do your best mm-hmm. and the audience responds and then you respond to the audience's response. So it, it's an energy that, that can't be replicated in a film situation. That's an excellent point. That's a really excellent point. And do you, I want to I want to kind of move to the question I was asking uh, prior to the break that I wanted you to think about. You know, let's talk a little about the choreography that you've done and how do you go about blocking? How do you go about determining what kind of steps you do and and things like that to the music? Where does that all come from? Does that come from, Oh, I I remember doing those things in the past or, you know, are you doing keeping things fresh? How do you, what's going through your mind? It's kind of like a composer. Well, I I think it all starts with the source material, Mm -hmm. you know, the story, Mm -hmm. the storyline and the music where, you know, where are these characters going? What's the story we need to tell Uh, when we start should be one uh, A and where we're going should be B, C, D, E, F, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Uh, What's the what's the transition? What do we learn through the dance? Um, then the the time period and and where we're at. I right. mean, you're going to choreograph Carousel a lot different than you're going to choreograph Chicago, right? Right. For instance, you know right. the feel, the mood. But um, I love going hand in hand with the music. I I feel like a lot of choreography these days is in spite of the music. Hmm. I don't. The music should come alive through the choreography and the audience should hear the music better because they're seeing the choreography. That's a great point. You know, and if, if it's choreography that could be done to any music, then it's, it doesn't capture the audience to Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it, it all comes from the story. And was there a specific teacher or group of teachers or or choreographers that you worked with that really inspired you or gave you, uh, really developed that passion for that you wanted to do that? Well, I got to say that I I studied Gower Champion intensely through the rehearsal process. Mm -hmm. And um, if you if you go back and look at his work, it's very simple. It's very simple, but in 
incredibly elegant, incredibly perfect for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's visual. Um, so I got a lot of inspiration from Gower Champion and, and how he approached choreography. Okay. He wasn't a he wasn't a tap dancer and wow. yet he choreographed 42nd Street. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> he had two assistants that that did the steps, but he had the vision and it, it it's all very visual in his mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. That's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of a complete uh, I, I really enjoyed your analogy uh, your thought on that the dance is a it should be a marriage with the music and it should be the visual representation of the music and enhance what people are hearing rather than working against it. I thought that was that was a very interesting right, point. Right. Now when you're when you're lucky enough to work with a orchestrator and a composer, which I have been, you know, you can the music then can go with what you're doing. Right. Right. So I've choreographed the other way around, where I've said to the composer or the orchestrator take a look at the, you know, the sequence that I've just done. And mm-hmm. the orchestrator goes, ooh, we'll add some strings in there. We'll we'll make a percussion sound on that move, you know. So that's very exciting, too. But not many people get to work that way around. Yeah. The music usually comes first. Right, right. We're talking to Tony Parisi, who is from Next Stop Broadway here in St. Louis. If you want more information about that, it's foxpac, P-A-C-F dot org, foxpac. PACF.org. So some of your friends that you're bringing in, the uh, Broadway professionals, uh, dancers, singers, lighting, costume? No, I have um, a staff of two choreographers, two musical directors, and then four leading players. Okay. So the four leading players are 20-somethings who are out there uh, auditioning and in tours and in shows uh so they bring they bring sort of the the bridge the gap mm-hmm. um i call the senior staff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the they, the leading players also play the leads in the shows that we're doing this okay. summer okay so they get very close with the kids and they're working actually with the kids but my um music directors have have done broadway tours broadway uh, shows, been in the pit, been conducting. My choreographers actually have been dancers as well. Now they're choreographers. So um, it's kind of passing down mm-hmm. all of our collective knowledge and our collective experiences. And the kids get very interested in hearing all these stories. Yeah, so a question I ask of artists or musicians or dancers or uh, people who participate in the arts is... Kids who are coming up, what advice do you give them? You know, if you had to boil it down to a, a couple things, what advice would you tell them to if, if they want to go into the business? If they want to go into the business, the business has changed a lot mm-hmm. from when I was there. <laughs> First of all, uh, you didn't when when I went, you did not go to college for being on Broadway, right? You went to Broadway if you wanted to be on Broadway. It seems now that college is the route Mm -hmm. uh, because the people who are hiring are looking at those resumes. So it seems important now. Um, 
your your uh, relationships, your you know how you treat other people, mm-hmm. you know all of that. We all talk to each other, right? So if you are a nice person, <laughs> if you take notes well, mm-hmm. if if your words are yes and <laughs> <laughs> rather than yes but yeah or no but yeah. <laughs> you know um and 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 learn everything you can learn mm-hmm. you know it's it's definitely triple threat now when i went it was a little more if you were a dancer you were a dancer if you were a singer you're a singer now it's you've got to be a triple threat triple threat being you have to sing as well as you dance. You have to dance as well as you act, and and round and round. And that's that's a real challenge. You well, know, economically just, speaking, you know, Broadway shows are are shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't huge ensembles and choruses now, right? So you know, you have to hold up your end of the vocals. Mm-hmm. And if you can't dance, you know, there's no movement in the show. So. You have to dance, and and then you're the understudy. If not a small bit part, you're an understudy. So you have to act. Do you see a renaissance of some of the uh, Golden Age shows coming back? I do, but unfortunately, uh, the people who are directing them don't trust the material. Really? How is that? Well, just like this West Side Story revival now, I haven't seen it. I've heard. I've read. Uh, there's huge projections now, this multimedia thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the audience, instead of getting involved with the characters on the stage who are live people, mm-hmm. are watching a face of uh, one of the actors that's 10 times larger than they are. Um, and, and so you're not involved like you should be. Right, right. That makes sense. And if they just trust the material... Like this is what it is. <laughs> Let the audience just be there and experience the live people on the stage. Because I think we're kind of caught up with uh, technology and all the things that we're doing that maybe uh, I'm just presuming now that maybe directors think that that has to be there or that's the, a different interpretation based upon the time where that happens rather than that live performance. Right. And if it's honest if it's sincere and you just say the words and sing the songs, the audience will be there with you. Yeah, they stand by themselves. They've, they've stood the course of time. Right, right. You know, I, I do agree in, in cutting, you know, making it tighter, shorter, um, because the golden age, you know, that that's what you did for an evening is go out to the theater. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so shows were three and three and a half hours long right you know so maybe that in that aspect you don't have to do all the reprises but again um, popular music came from broadway that's correct so all the reprises were to put the tunes in your head so that you would want that on the radio Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's a whole different set of economics you know right uh but when you go back to do those golden age don't chop it up and throw away the heart is my advice to <laughs> those people who take these shows into their hands and want to make them modern and you say that from experience because you've directed yes 
You know, yes. you're not just saying that as a as somebody who has been on Broadway or somebody who's choreographed on Broadway. You've directed, and so you know that perspective that you know things can either be enhanced or, frankly, um, detra- it can be a detraction. Right. Right. And I always go back to the material. That's that's. A- and I say, what is in this material that's going to make this relevant today? Um. Because who doesn't want romance? Right, right. <laughs> you know, who doesn't want hope? Right. And and uh, there are there are lessons too, but not heavy-handed lessons. Right. You know, there's enough depression and tragedy and <laughs> you know, angst in the world that we don't need to explore it in musical form. Right. You know, in my opinion, I this is that. just my opinion. Right. Which is one reason I, Hello, Dolly is your favorite musical. Oh, the book is, I, I just, I weep when, when uh, Cornelius is talking about the most wonderful day of his life. I mean, I just go, oh, my God. <laughs> so we were talking off air. We've, we've uh, probably got about, what, eight minutes, Chris? And um, we were talking off air about the, what the dancing does to your body. Oh, and do you, how much dancing do you do anymore? I know, you know, as I can't sit here very long, I have to stand up. Absolutely. Because my knees, they just, they crack and they, uh, you know, it sounds like somebody's shredding, um, you know, I don't know, potatoes, potato <laughs> chips when I, when I bend my knees. But what, what did it do to your body? And do you still enjoy dancing or do you do much dancing? I try to move as much as I can because, you know, use it or lose it obviously i'm not dancing like i did Mm -hmm. um but all those years of tap dancing is very punishing on the knees and all the high kicks for the hips Mm -hmm. um i never thought that i would feel it as much as i do right um but i you just gotta i can't let that win i have to keep moving right you know and uh it's a cruel cruel thing that when you're my age and you really understand what dancing should be and what it is, you can't do it any longer. You can't demonstrate. <laughs> you can't demonstrate the actual physical thing. It's kind of cruel. It's a, it's a paradox. Well, you could say, hey, look at that uh, video <laughs> recording of, of me doing that. Right. That's what I'm talking about. But I want to be able to do that knowing what I know now. I understand that. I understand that. You know, the fingers don't work so well on the clarinet anymore. Right. Because they just they just don't work as well. But that's also why I want to inspire young kids. And I want to inspire people who love musical theater. I want to inspire them. I am hopefully want to just, you know, take what I know and say... Think about all of these things, and now do that time step. Well, and, and you're you're pushing that energy in that direction, and for these hundred kids at Next Stop Broadway are going to experience a an unbelievable time in August. You know, I can and tell. I get up there and do every single thing I ask them to do. I do it. We start in the morning with the warm up. I do the warm up. I conduct the warm up. The warm-up ends with 100 jumping jacks. I do those 100 jumping jacks. Chris, can you do 100 jumping jacks? (laughs) I haven't tried in about 30 years. (laughs) Maybe. But the kids' energy feeds me. Right. And because they see me do it, 
they want to do it. Absolutely. And it's kind of this wonderful, wonderful ball of energy that I just love. And I, I, I'm... 18 all over again when I'm in front of those kids. So do you do like we see on TV, Anna, one, two, three, four, do you do that? I, well, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going to do this routine in one, two... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do you remember Robert Preston's Chicken Fat? Do you know about that? No. It was a record that um, we had in physical education in elementary school, and he narrated and sang the song called Chicken Fat. And you do burpees, and you do jumping jacks, oh. and you do all these. It was just to kind of, is go you chicken fat go. <laughs> so all my elementary uh, classmates will remember that vividly. Uh, closing thoughts about Next Stop Broadway. Well, I just I'm so thrilled to be able to offer it up to these lucky 100 kids who sign up first to be there, and I look forward to meeting them, inspiring them. I look forward to being inspired by them. And uh, hopefully it'll become a tradition that we do every year and we'll have many, many returning cast members. What a, what a tremendous thing that you're doing by doing this and giving another generation uh, a skill set and a focus because I think, Tony, your focus is something that is needed. Yeah, it's it's something that has been missing in the arts. I'm getting emotional <laughs> because what I sense in what you said and what in what I hear you say, um, you know, getting the getting the the story. What what was what's the music telling me? What's the story telling me? You know, and 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 putting that out there and and giving it your all and how you do that and your interactions with people and. All of those things are what make um, average dancers or singers or musicians into better than average. And maybe they don't have that skill set, but they've developed other things that have elevated them to be at another level mm-hmm. where people might have the natural skill set to do that, but they lack in some of those other areas, which detracts from their actual performance. Well, and the other thing that I'm very proud of is I've taken out all components of competition this five days has no competitive aspect it's about three words right or three three letters right f-u-n fun joy i hope joy joy is better than fun i I like that i like that yeah the joy of exploring and and living through music and dance uh we need it yes thanks very much for coming on the Mm -hmm. show today appreciate it Tony Parisi, who is giving 100 kids this summer a great, joyful time, August 3 through 7 of 2020, and Next Stop Broadway. If you want more information on that, folks, go to www.foxpacf.org. And it's first come, first serve, foxpacf.org. And you're going to learn from Broadway professionals. You're going to participate in an opening night performance you're going to listen to and be able to recreate some things from the golden age of broadway and if you don't know what the golden age of broadway is that's something to google or go look up hello dolly (laughs) and uh, that's one of the golden age shows or um the music man right or west side story yes the original the original (laughs) west side story right right the original one 
So we're, we're grateful that uh, Tony was able to spend some time with us with his great career being a Broadway dancer, choreographer, and director. Thanks again, Tony. Appreciate it. You're welcome. It.